0: Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. There are some songs you can remember singing almost your whole life. And this is one of them for me. Go tell it on the mountain was part of life in a Lutheran church with a Lutheran school, so much so... But I'm sure that we sang it at both the day school and the Sunday school programs, two separate events. Go Tell It on the Mountain was there at both, and really, how could it not be? The not so secret success of this Christmas spiritual is that it's just fun to sing. The refrain bounces along, it's easy to remember, perfect for children in that regard, and each stanza ends with this wonderful octave jump, which, if you were as goofy as I was back in grade school, you loved to slide that note all the way up and then burst out with the refrain, that blessed Christmas... Morns, go tell it on the mountain. You just come out of your shoes almost. What we have in this song is the perfect marriage of text and tune that leads singers and listeners to the inescapable conclusion that Christmas is a celebration. If you're singing this hymn with a frown on your face, you're doing it wrong. The birth of Jesus is good news of great joy. That's what the angel said. And built into this hymn is the simple fact that good news does not sit still. It cannot. It must move and find expression. And you know this, especially if you've received really good news and then found a hard time finding someone to share it with. You got engaged or you received a promotion or got the job you wanted. You were accepted into college. Anything that was great news to you, but you can't seem to reach anyone on the phone. Nobody's returning your texts. It's frustrating because good news was meant to be shared. And if the news is good enough, no one's going to have to tell you to go share it. You just share it. You won't be able to contain yourself. And this is what a unique select group of people found out the night Jesus was born. Were introduced to them in stanza one. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. It really is hard to overstate the importance of shepherds within the biblical narrative. Shepherding was one of the oldest vocations among the ancient Hebrews, and the Bible is absolutely filled with references to them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and David were all shepherds at one point or another in their lives. The 23rd Psalm stands as one of the most well-known passages of Holy Scripture, and it features the image of God as my shepherd. In practice, however, shepherding was ordinary. It was necessary and even important work. By today's standards, it would probably be considered a blue-collar job, or if we were being fancy, we'd say it's an agricultural career. But it certainly was demanding in more ways than one. In his book, The First Christmas, Paul Meyer writes that herdsmen had to protect their sheep from ravaging animals and robbers by the skillful use of their staff. They were expected to shear the wool, aid in lambing, and see that their flocks had enough to eat and drink. And it was to shepherds like these, average working men pulling a night shift that the news of the newborn king was entrusted. Think about that. The angels did not appear to the priests in the temple. They did not make themselves known to the scholars in the synagogues, nor did they trumpet this birth announcement to the political rulers of the day. It was to shepherds out in the fields that the good news of great joy was first delivered. And Dr. Meyer again writes, perhaps it was fortunate that they were common laymen, for had they been scholars or theologians, they would have likely had a debate on the hillside instead of rushing into Jerusalem or Bethlehem. And it's a lighthearted comment, but there's quite a bit of truth to it as well. The deliberate choice of these hard-working men says quite a bit about how God works. Stanza two. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth the shepherds did not need to be priests scholars or theologians to react appropriately to a sky full of angels they did what any of us would they feared and trembled when the radiance of God's glory showed up they were shaken to the core and this goes beyond just being startled points to a spiritual reality. Two other biblical examples help illustrate. One is Isaiah, the prophet. Upon having a vision of the Lord in the temple, along with angels flying around, calling out praises to God, Isaiah feared and trembled. He said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have beheld the glory of God of the most high second example is Peter when it seems clear that Jesus is placing a claim on the life of this fisherman and calling him into discipleship Peter feared and trembled saying depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord When God or his ambassadors show up, people fear and tremble because the holiness of God is obvious, which makes our unholiness obvious as well. And these two, holiness and unholiness, cannot stay together unless God does something about it. And in the case of the shepherds, all is made well with a word. The angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David, and this is how you will recognize him. You'll find a baby lying in a manger wrapped in and strips of cloth. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to all whom God favors. Along with the shepherds, you do not need to fear holiness or wrath Or punishment. The radiance of God's glory has shown up, not to destroy you, but to save you. Now make no mistake, there is wrath and punishment for your sin and mine. But you do not have to bear it. Nor do I. The one who will bear it for us is born in Bethlehem. This is news that changes everything. It changed everything for these shepherds. It made them do the unthinkable. They left their flocks. They left their flocks in the field because they had to find out if this was true. They had to know. And it was. It all checked out. It was just as the angels had said the baby, the strips of cloth, the manger, all true. And this made them do something else unthinkable. They themselves, shepherds, became messengers. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, Luke writes. Now I said before that if news is good enough, no one's going to have to tell you to tell other people about it. You just will. You won't be able to contain yourself. That's what happened to the herdsmen of Luke 2. Has the good news of a Savior grabbed you in the same way? The third stanza says, Down in a lowly manger the humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morning. Last week, as we encountered once in royal David City, we heard the phrase, with the poor and mean and lowly lived on earth our Savior holy. That has echoes right here. Down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born. The humility, the lowliness, the down inness, of Christ's entry into the world is captivating, in part because all of these things that look like losing create the ultimate win. God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. This is life-changing good news but only if you understand what is this salvation that was sent that Christmas morn. Simply put, it's nothing less than being saved from self-destruction and long-term separation from the God who is love. And there are many biblical ways of describing it. Slavery to sin and death. Spiritual prison. Hell? A way that seems right to man, but that leads to death? What we call salvation consists of being saved from that dark future. Someone steps in and acts heroically to prevent that. And this is what Jesus did. The way he did it is a lot like His birth. Maybe we could add a stanza. Down on a lowly cross, the humble Christ was slain. For those who trust His sacrifice, no cost for sin remains. God's love for you is so deep and wide, He would subject Himself to all of this to save you. That blessed Christmas morn, it all starts. Go tell it on a mountain. Over the hills, Everywhere. Go tell it on a mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Amen.